way you operate has got your life to where it's at now. The success you've had is what's got you, you know, here is based on the, what I call the rhythm of how you do things. It's how you navigate your life. And so what we do is we step in and teach people how to install a success rhythm. Hello and welcome to It's More Than Money. It's More Than Money is a focus to bring you inspiring stories from real people who strive to improve every day. People who aren't willing to settle for the status quo, they've shaken off any limiting beliefs they might have had and they've just gone after what they really want in life. We'll have all kinds of guests, we'll have business owners, entrepreneurs, masters of the mind, industry game changers and money experts who will all, through their own stories, provide invaluable insights into creating a life you never thought possible. Hello, Anthony Trucks. Welcome to It's More Than Money podcast. Thank you so much for being on. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Just uh, sitting here hanging out on this chilly. It's funny because I'm going to say it, but it's probably awkward to you. This chilly January day. And you're like, oh, January, it's summertime for us. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. And I just spent the last three mornings surfing. You might have spent the last three mornings snowboarding or something like that. No, I was surfing. I was just couch surfing next to the <laughs> <laughs> The cold will do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, for anyone listening, you have uh, your passion read on today. My aim will see if we can get a bit of that passion coming through into the podcast, which I'm sure yeah. it will. Been through a lot of your content and had uh, everything that I've seen just appeals to me, hence why I reached out to have you on the show. So tell us a bit about your your brand, your message, which is about shifting your identity. Just give us some context around that and we'll get started get- um, so my brand is, is uh, it's called Identity Shift. We, we actually teach what's called the shift method. Uh, the whole kind of concept is I help people make shift happen in their life uh, by essentially navigating the, the, uh, the identity they have. And the way that I look at it, man, it's really a matter of, uh, of like your identity. If we go to the depths of it, which we can, but we're not going to do that right now. It's a deeper part of who you are. It's really, it's your flow. It's just how you, how you tick, how you operate. And so the, the way that I teach people is we go through and say, hey, the way you operate has got your life to where it's at now. The success you've had is what's got you, you know, here's based on the, what I call the rhythm of how you do things. It's how you navigate your life. And so what we do is we step in and teach people how to install a success rhythm, like a rhythm that is a flow of how your identity operates. We shift you into that. But really the idea is how do we get you to be able to do all the things that have kept you on the wayside or falling short of your full potential without driving you insane, man? Find that how do I apply the information I've, I've, you know, consumed and read and purchased and invested in, but haven't got the result from. And we go down, man, we walk people through some really cool concepts that unpack um, not just uh, the information they already have, but like how to truly start to apply it to their lives. And then, man, I get to sit back and watch people create some cool things and make shift happen in their lives. I think one of the, probably the best ways to dig into it, and you have mentioned about, you know, we could go into how you shift your identity, but one of the best ways I think is to maybe just hear about or talk a little bit about your story, where you've come yeah. from. And one of the stand, well, two standouts for me and the way I see it is it some huge, big, swings in what you've experienced in life so in yeah. short in foster care very early on in life mm-hmm. fast forward and you've made the nfl roster yeah. for one of the most prestigious sports in the u.s mm-hmm. one of in the, the most recognizable sports and brands in the world so yeah. you've gone from foster child to nfl and mm-hmm. then correct me if I'm wrong shoulder injury that forced you out of the nfl is that right correct left shoulder so man so you've got some huge swings there. So part of me thinks, you think you're having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a bad day wrapped up in a very, you know, minuscule few minutes or a few seconds. Yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> let's talk about, I guess, in what the standouts for you are in the shift from foster child to 
that point where I've seen that you've you've basically made a decision going, I'm going to play in the NFL. How yeah, do you oh, shift to go, you're worthy of it, deserve it of it, and capable of it? Because the stigma around foster care is that you're nobody, you're worthless, yeah. and, it, and it's not a good good outcome really for anyone. I think one of the stats that you've put up is that about 85% of incarcerated men are foster children. Is that about right? Yeah, and if you go to any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are actually former foster kids. Yeah, like half our homeless population. Yeah. Okay. The numbers are not good for foster kids, man. They, it's uh, it's difficult to see. But yeah, the, there's a lot of different levels and journeys. And and to be honest, what I what I teach are things that I did years ago without knowing I was doing them. That's usually how it is, right? You do something yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of navigate through life in some weird, crazy ways. And it's a lot of it, to be totally honest, a lot of it was just sheer survival. I was just trying to get ahead, just get a buy, get ahead, try to find a way to just keep my head above water, to be honest. And it was always like, what's next for me? That was what it was like. My yeah, whole okay. thing, people were like, when you were a kid, did you want to play in the NFL? When I was a kid, I just wanted to know that this is my house permanently. Yeah, that was okay. it. I, I wasn't worried about NFL. I didn't even play sports until I was, you know, 14 years old, which by that time, most of my peers have been playing for six to eight years. Mm. So I'm way behind the ball. And it was this thing where I, I did this, this kind of preparation be, in between seasons after sucking for two seasons, being horrible at the game. I just, I adjusted the way I prepared and kind of, I did this thing where in the dark, I was slowly building up this incredibly driven and confident human. It was a different guy. It wasn't the guy that was the foster kid. He, he somehow, he, he, he fell asleep and stayed asleep. He hasn't woken back up yet. And, and I just, I, I birthed this whole new guy, man. It was, it was through this work, uh, physical work and mental work and emotional work and some deeper work um, that I could do at 15, you know, the, the cusp of it. That was the thing that gave me this, this kind of kind of catalyst to press into trying to be better at football. And that was what produced, you know, a college scholarship and the NFL and all that fun stuff. Uh, but that was that. That was the, the biggest kind of early shifts were just the ones where I went from being horrible to being, you know, one of quite like the top 10 athletes in my entire Bay Area when I was, you know, in high school after after a literally one year period, like I, I just made some crazy changes and I, and I didn't realize what I did at the time. So I never, I didn't apply it again until way later in life. If I didd yeah. know what I had done back then, dude, it would have been a different game, but, <laughs> but yeah, man, at 15, at 15, I accidentally stumbled upon a unique process that has changed my life and a ton of people's lives now. What, what was that process? It's what I call the shift method. Like yeah. So uh, we talk about identity and, and I, you know, I usually, if you think about it, every single person in history has, has made an identity shift. They have, they have adjusted. When I say identity, I, I want to make sure people grasp. It's not just like, it's my identity and who I am when I wake up in the morning. Because that's what you can think philosophically. Your identity, quite literally, is just, it's who you are as, as a being, how you are being as a verb. Yeah. Right? When I get up in the morning, there's all these um, unconscious actions and things we do. Part of its habits part of its routines, part of its responses, how we see it's just our, our disposition. It's all part of it. It literally, that's what I call like our rhythm. It's like, if you think about it, when you're in flow, it's like, listen to a good song, man. You're just like, oh, this feels good. I'm in a yeah, good flow. Yeah. Right? It's enjoyable. And what happens is people don't realize that, that when, when you're going through life, uh, if you don't take note of the fact that your rhythm was created long before you left high school, you, you know, your teachers, preachers, coaches, moms, dads, siblings, cousins, television, radio, all these things, mm -hmm. they've been infusing stuff into you and they've been kind of helping you kind of just kind of craft this rhythm unintentionally. And then you go off into your life and you start just rocking and rolling with that. And you start wondering later on, well, why in the world is all this stuff that I'm, I'm learning and, and, and figuring out and hearing and information? Why is my life still stuck where it's at? Mm -hmm. Or why can't I get past this current level? And it's usually not 
boiled down to more information. So what I learned back then was like the coaches were telling me what I had to do, right? Coach would tell everybody, go lift weights, go run, go eat some food, go catch. They tell you what to do. Everybody hears yeah. what to do, but not everybody does it. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is like I saw of the things that needed to be done, I saw what I had to work on. This is my method. It's called C-Shift Sustain. It's just the shift method, three stages. This is a super overarching aspect to it, but I'm going to give you the 50,000 foot view of it. C, which means take a look at what's going on in ways that you've never looked before. If you don't see what you're supposed to be working on uh, and what's keeping you stuck, you'll never see a bigger vision for yourself. So most people get stuck in this land of like, I'd like that. That'd be cool. But it's not a passionate drive because they don't they don't, it doesn't inspire, the goal literally doesn't inspire somebody. They don't think it's realistic. And so why even try to do that, right? So they just don't. And it's because they're still stuck in the fact that, well, I'm not capable. Like you said, the foster kid, I'm not capable. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. If I was always that guy, I'd never see the possibilities of playing football and being better. So at some point I saw like, dude, you can't live your life like this, this foster kid victim the rest of your life. You can't do that. On reflection, do you remember that moment or what shifted your thinking to go, you know what, oh, yeah. I'm not going to, yeah. Can you yeah, tell us a bit about that? Sorry to break your rhythm. We'll come back to those one, two, threes. Oh, I got to run out to get back on beat. We're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll have more rhythm than me so. oh, maybe the student color i don't know we'll just we'll just leave it at that i uh no i was sitting in mr howell's english class it was an english class and yeah. we were, i was in the back right corner of the classroom and there was these two girls sitting next to us love seat and they're talking to each other at this time my mom had been diagnosed with ms football i was horrible at it i checked out like literally i was yeah. sleeping in class i was done so what age were you sir 15 and it was my freshman year of high school. And this girl says to another girl, well, the reason I'm so bad is because I'm in foster care. Right. But here's the crazy part, dude. It was, it was a gift. The gift was I got to hear my excuse for giving up out loud and hear how stupid it was. Ah, all right. Like, how, how dumb is that? Like, that's the reason? Like when you got people running around like, well, you know, I can't do it because I don't have the resources. I can't find the time. I just keep getting distracted. Seriously. You're going to say that one, the reason you can't? Okay, that's a dumb excuse there, Bob. Let's fix this one, right? So most people don't say it out loud. I heard, I was like, oh, that sounds really bad. Like, that's a bad reason to pretty much ah. chalk my vision of life up. And that was the thing that got me to start looking. And I remember I, I looked into a mirror, like literally looked in the mirror uh, that night. It was like, you're going to be great, Anthony. And yeah. I didn't know what it meant. Like at 15, you know, it's like, I'm going to get girls' <laughs> phone numbers and I'm going to play sports. That was it. Yeah. So great was like, I'm going to figure this football thing out. And that was the catalyst to me shifting. Like the, the second stage is once I saw what was going on, once I saw myself and I could eat, eat that pain, eat that ego a little bit, like, you know, swallow the pride, I know what I got to do. And so I finally could do the right work. The problem for most people is they start going right to the work. I'm just going to do some things. You yeah. start doing things and you never realize you're wasting time. You're doing the wrong things. A lot of people's problem isn't that they're like they're busy. And I'm like, let me see what you're doing. That makes you so busy. And it's like, that's a waste of time. 90% of your day should be removed. What are you, why are you even doing that? Right. There? Like, yeah. well, I, I read this thing and saw this thing. Yeah. But did you ever think of the bigger picture? So little stuff, they'll do what they think is right, but it's the wrong yeah. stuff because they never went and saw. So once you have a clear picture of what the right stuff is, all oh, that stuff's typically hard to do. It's, yeah. that's, it's, it's pride pressuring stuff. That's the stuff that makes your ego go, oh, I don't like that. But <laughs> very that's the work very you got to do. Yeah. yeah. So I would, I mean, I would go for football. I would go in there and lift weights, skinny little kid. Trucks, why are you lifting weights, man? You're heck of skinny. I catch football. So you got butterfingers, bro. Why are you even catching a football? Uh, you know, I everybody making fun of me the whole time. Well, I kept working and I kept working. I hit the weight room. I had guys make fun of me years after the NFL that their statements were, man, Chucks, you were a loser back then. You nerd you used to work out. When people were going to parties, you'd say, I can't go to the party. I got to go work out. 
And I'd look at him and be like, you know, you're standing in my gym that I built after playing in the NFL. You're making fun of the high school. What are you talking about? Are you a psychopath? Like, seriously, it's much. They're still feeling like, inferior. They're trying to get yeah, back somehow. Weird, trying to get something back. And, but that was the reality is now that I knew what work I had to do, I could do it. And I had to do it in the face of pain and fear and possible failure. It's just, it's the nature of it. Most mm. people, they won't make that sacrifice or they won't do the work they're supposed to do. They'll do the work that feels comfortable, not the stuff that stretches them. Mm. And so they create no better rhythm. They, they f- always find ways to go back to the same old patterns and same old rhythm and same routine and get the same outcomes. Yeah. And so when I step in, like I, I changed that, I leveled myself up. I, I, I stretched what felt comfortable. And then after that, I was like, all right, once they had success, how do I sustain this? The last piece is sustain. Not enough people have a plan in place to sustain success. They have a plan to get there. And then when they get there, it's like, all right, I'm here. And they hang out and they coast. And kind of like if you watch the paragliders, like the hang glider guys, it's like if you went up and then just stopped controlling, you'd eventually land back on the ground, slow and smooth at some point. Mm. But you got to do some work to keep yourself afloat. And, yeah. and so for me, it was a matter of like, all right, how do I sustain this? And for me back then, it was like, I got to stay I'm not partying, not drinking, not hanging out, keep working out. I just kept things going, man. And it just turned into this, this new rhythm I had for how I lived my life, a new, I shifted identity. Literally, I was a different guy that led me to college, to starting my, my second year in college, to playing the NFL, to coming home, breaking my life, but eventually figuring out what I'd done back at 15. And I'd done when I was in college and what I'd done in the NFL, these things I'd been doing, but wasn't aware I was doing them. And I finally extracted it and was like, oh, this is the kind of unique piece of my life that everybody else can benefit from. And that's what I created the shift method from. Okay. So the, the three key points in the shift method. So the first one was take a look at what's going on. C. Yep. And the C. second one, C. Yeah. First one, C. Second one's shift. Third one's sustain. So C, shift and sustain. We are our own worst enemies and our, our ego takes over a lot, a lot more than we expect it to. And a lot of people may associate ego simply with look at me, look at my car, look at my outfit. But ego runs a whole lot deeper and it actually has a huge role in dictating how we behave unless we see it for what it is. So what are some tips, I suppose, where people can become more aware of their own behavior, their own choices in, in taking that first step of seeing what's yeah, holding yeah. back? It's, you touched on it. It's the ego, right? Ego is a, it's an acronym for me. It's E-G-O, everyone's greatest obstacle. Because if you think about it, a lot of people, they know what should be done, but their ego won't let them do it. There'll be other people that they look at having success that they want, and they'll, they'll let their ego control the next stages. They'll let their ego lead the judgment in a sense of this. If I see somebody doing better than me in an area that I want to succeed in, I have one of two things I can do. One, I can accept that I am not doing things at a high enough level and I need to upgrade and do some work, which is going to be hard. It typically is. I got to swallow my pride and do that hard work, or I can demonize that person to bring them down to my level. So I feel good again. Yeah. And for a lot of people, what they typically do is part two. They'll mm-hmm. demonize other people. They'll, they'll try to bring them down to their level by saying things that makes them feel comfortable stuck where they're at. Yeah. And they live an entire life in that position. And it's, it's, it's sad, man, because the people it want is. stuff, but they never end up getting it because they get stuck in that weird mentality of like, oh, well, well, they just, they did it, but you know, they're, they're you know, weird about stuff. I don't do that. Or like, you know, people talk about people with money. Oh, all money, all people with good with money are bad. They're all, you know, they're oh, all yeah, evil. Yeah. They got their money. And it's like, interesting. So do you want to be an evil person? No. Okay, cool. So you've pretty much canceled out the fact that you're going to make any kind of money. <laughs> you, 
attached demon to income. <laughs> unless you want to be it's a not, demon. not a good combination. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people do this without even realizing it. It happens on a consistent basis all day. So awareness is is key. Awareness of what your ego oh, is key. doing. And I think it's important yeah. too, what I've experienced with people and uh, a sort of part question to you also, what you've seen in people who you're coaching is that the ego is also um, holding us back in a way that, no, don't step forward because you are where you are, you're comfortable where you are, let's stay where we are. So like that little voice in your head that just says, let's stay where we are, we're comfortable. So to yeah. validate that decision, when deep down we know we really need to move forward or step out of the comfort zone, like you said, we demonize someone else yeah. or we demonize some you know, other. But, yeah, what's even more weird is that, that people don't realize that ego is also a very positive thing. In fact, the ego is, is every part of what's allowed you to have the success you have had to now, right? Yeah, it, you've got to master my, the negative side of the ego. Yeah, you got to understand <laughs> where, where it shows up and not let it take take reins, right? Because yeah, there's yeah. always a pessimistic co-pilot in the plane. You know, it's it's like part of my ego, for example, as a football player, like my ego was like, I'm a football player. I'm protecting that identity yeah. with the mm. actions of my ego. So when you identify something, you won't let it go bad. So like I would get the workouts in. I would, you know, watch the film. I'd go to practice. I'd do all the things that would allow me to sit back and go, yep, I'm a, I'm a football player. This This is proof. I'm not going to let that thing go to the wayside. Yeah. The problem is when it pops up and it's like, all right, well, you, if you want this thing here, here's what's wrong with you as a human to get there. Yeah. And, and this is why people get addicted to, you know, systems and programs and tools when they want to have success in the business world or trainings or all these kind of things. What they do is they want to outsource the work to work on something else that feels more comfortable. I, if I just go buy this new program, that'll be the thing that makes me money in my business. If I just go and you know read this new book, that's all good. I'm, I'm phenomenal, right? But here's the thing. You bought the book. Did you do what you read in the book? Did you read the book in the first place? Like a lot of people get shelf esteem. They buy the book, they put it on the shelf and they feel good about shelf it. Shelf esteem. I like that one. <laughs> so it's like, well, you yeah, I got the, You slipped that one in. Shelf yeah, esteem. Put in there. I thought you just said they it in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, but I, I mean, I get it. I've, I've bought things yeah. I haven't read. And yeah. then what's worse yeah. is they, then they don't do the work. And then what happens is the work that's supposed to be done either it tests their current ego because they have to do something that's out of line with the current character identity they have. Yeah. And that identity would be, would be attacked a little bit if they had to make cold calls or ask for help, you know, like that kind of thing. I'm not going to hire a coach. I'm self-made. Good luck with that, Bob. Like, I don't know what you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get some help. And so if the ego rears its everybody head, like, tell. yeah, everybody does. You never get to the next level. And so, yeah. That ego gets there, but if you get you get a chance to clarify and understand that the positive part exists there, and then how to see the the negative ego, how to see that thing when it's kind of attacking you, mm. dude, that that's where you you clear space. The only thing in anybody's way is them. It's because if they just took the information they already have. If I were to yeah. say anybody out there in the world that has information that you've already consumed, you've already learned, that's in a notebook somewhere you haven't opened in a while, if you just did those things, you double your success. Easily. If you just did what you already know how to do, but the problem is there's always that in between. And so what people do is they figure I'll just keep buying the next book and the next book and the next course, go to the next seminar, the next event, the next training. I'm going to do the next, the next, the next. And it's like, yeah, you can do all of that, but none of it's ever going to actually return what you want until you realize the issue is not the information, but it's who you are with it. So how do you show people to step into some form of action? So with that uh -oh. ego at play, and it's a powerful, powerful part of all of us yeah. and in a positive way also, but usually the negative way is what keeps us mm -hmm. where we are. 
How, what's a, what's a couple of tips that or you, what you've seen helps people step into, I guess, that discomfort and making the yeah. progress and beating the negative side of the ego? Yeah, well, I think the first part is, uh, is understanding who it is that you want to be. Because if you're committed to being this person, then you must decommit from the success you want. That's just reality of it. Like if you have a lack of success in your life, but you're committed to being who you are, then you are going to be stuck there. Like a good luck. You can keep doing the same thing, but you're not going to have an outcome. You can't work yourself into success. You can work hard, but if it's hard in the wrong direction, you're always going to go over the wrong direction. You know what I mean? That's going to be super, super hard for a lot mm-hmm. of people because, and one of the okay. questions I was thinking of as you, was ta- as you were talking, I think it's symbolic of anyone who is achieving success. Did you start to identify yourself as only an NFL player and sit in that yeah. space? And a lot of people will be, we've got a business or I am this or I am that. But as you've touched on, it's detached from who they are as their authentic self. And that's why there's no real fulfillment or feeling content. Yeah, they haven't clarified it. They're just, they're working towards something that's unclear to them. They're just working because they think that it's supposed to be done. People work honestly just to be working. Yeah, Yeah, because that's what they feel they should be doing to be successful. I got I got to hustle all day every day 24/7 but like one of seven uh, one of 24 hours is actually useful for them cuz the rest of it's just doing dumb stuff and and yeah. seriously it's a waste of time and energy and and I think that there's there's something to having work ethic cuz you need to have work ethic so I'm not taking anything from being you know working hard you got to work hard and some people do work really hard but still fall short of success it's because you're you're going down the wrong path you're doing the wrong work it's really what it boils down to yeah and, and when, when you say the wrong work the wrong work for them for them yeah, yeah. so when I, when i think about how i work with somebody i first want to clarify who in the hell are you let's figure out who you are first yeah. now that we know who you are let's figure out who you want to be we literally do a research process who do you want to be as a human not what do you want to have not what goals do you want to have who is the person you got to be to get those because when you figure out who that person is, that person will do those things. They'll be the ones that they get up and get the workout. They'll get the reads the book, you know, that executes on stuff. That person will do that. So the question isn't, what work do I do? It's like, okay, who do you want to be? And then that will determine the work we do because it's different. Yeah. And your path, your path to the same destination may be different. You might have a bum left leg and I got, you know, a bad right right shoulder, right? You may, there's different things you got to work on in order to be able to, to you know, run this race. If you put a knee brace on your left knee, your right shoulder still hurts. You're still going to be messed up while you run. So I need you to figure out what you need for you. And then we can start actually making progress. And that is hard. It, it mm-hmm. is hard for people to lean into the space of doing something. It's so awkward. But what makes you think that it's not supposed to be hard to have success? There's just not you, but there's people that, yeah, yeah. They, well, why is it? So I just, oh my gosh, I just got a message today from somebody. This sounds like it was planted today. <laughs> why is it so hard? I can pull the picture up. He's like, why is it so hard to have success? I was like, because a lot of people are committed to who they are and want the success without having to be that, that, that person that, that has to be in place to have it. And then on top of that, nobody's willing to go out of their comfort zone and implement a different kind of routine and rhythm for their life that allows them to achieve that in time. Yeah. And time is the big piece. We all want it now. This, this, yeah, you yeah. know, all this world we're in right now is just it's consistently people that just have no sense of patience. That do mm. I, I want this immediate satisfaction? And when you do that, man, you you don't ever realize like who you are now was built up over your entire lifetime. Yeah. So it's gonna take time, and it's okay for it to take time. You gotta yeah. enjoy the process. I think too many people don't. They just love the destination, not the day. They hate their days, hoping to get to that destination. But if you love the day, 
if you love the routine, you love the rhythm, that do you hit that no problem and mm. keep on moving. Mm. We are conditioned for the result. Yeah. We are like through our upbringing, what we download and what we've spoken about earlier about what we borrow from other people, whether it be parents, coaches, teachers, society, community, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. We, we're wired for the result, not the journey there. And it's one of the concepts that you've covered off in and around um, staying motivated. And part what come to mind for me was to stay motivated is to celebrate the little wins along the way because yeah. we're always just working towards that one-year, five-year, 10-year goal and waiting for that result. But no matter how small the step is, we need to celebrate those little wins and, yeah. and make them important state them as being worthy and they've used as you've said once before write it down oh yeah when write it, it down when you write it down it becomes real it does it, it's gotta be if you don't then you'll you know, it's not even i think small wins is an interesting way to even put it too because small wins it's like yeah you need those you can cut them, put them in that bucket right but for me every single day is like a thing that i thoroughly enjoy it's a win it's a ton of small wins I absolutely love this part of my life. And this is the stuff that moves the needle for my business, moves the needle for my impact, all these things, right? And there's certain things that are within the day that I may not absolutely love, but I, I have a good balance and a structure of my life that allows me to understand why I may do those things and connect it to the bigger joy. But I, I love the whole entire journey. And it's only because I got to a point of understanding really clearly who I am and then how to become this guy. Like, and so I'm constantly looking at what's the, that what's in my planner, what's in my life that is always leading to me being the guy I want to be. And part of that is business success. Don't get me wrong. I got structure and strategy and systems for all of that. And then I also have structure and strategy for how to make my marriage great or how to be a, a present husband you know, and also a present father, how to be healthy. And it's mm-hmm. not just, I think people think like, oh, I just need to put routines in. Like, no, and it's not just about the habits and routines. It's a big piece of it. But you got to look at the holistic, bigger picture of like, who in the hell are you becoming? Like, because when you get a picture of that, my anchor for my, like, my destination, it is not, people think that most people, like my destination is I want to make a million dollars or, you know, my destination is, you know, I want to buy the nice house. And that's, those are great goals, right? But dude, my destination is to, to be at the later part of my life and like who I am. Like, love this guy. Because yeah. when you do that, that's a whole different world. And I know who I want that guy to be. So I'm always crafting and creating a life daily that I love that is ultimately leading to that. And people don't plan this. They just hope that if I get up in the morning and I work real hard, I'll get there. And it doesn't happen that way. A genuine lack of direction for oh, it is. who you are, who you want to be. And then, yeah. as you said, you match the yeah. work up. Because the car's already going somewhere. We're already moving. The car yeah. and train of everybody's life is already heading to a destination right now. It's pointing in that direction. And no matter what you try to do, like you're never going to get that thing to turn unless you take a step back and shift your identity. Like you really take a look at how do I do the things that get that on a new track to a new destination. Yeah. That's what I spend my days doing, man, is getting people back to unpack it, to drop that damn ego and go, all right, I'm going to work on this thing in this, mm-hmm. this area in a way that allows me to get where I want to get later on. Because the cool thing is, is when you become that, that human at an identity level, like a core level, you set that rhythm right, man, it's an inevitability you get where you want to get to. Yeah. Like that, that's the beautiful part. It's an inevitability that you've now got yourself in a direction to go in the place that you want to end up. Now, you, now you've mentioned about the, um, and you getting to your authentic self or making that authentic transformation. You've done some uh, some what you would refer to as some deep psychological work. So what are the, what are the, some of the things that you got into to help you get to where you are now? 
Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, for me, I, I do a lot. I mean, I meditate, I read a lot. Uh, I have a lot of deep conversations with, with people that I trust uh, to be able to give me a, a clear picture of me so I can see me. Because the problem when you get to have success like I've had is, is you start to see yourself uh, with the rose colored glasses everybody else sees you with, you know, yeah. uh, people look at me like, oh, he must be amazing. Hang out with all day, every day. My kids are like, <laughs> you know, like so, so the ego starts to creep in, telling can. you how amazing you are, being ignorant so of all else. <laughs> right. So I need to, and people will call it staying grounded. I just want to stay pointed in the right direction. Yeah. And, and that allows me to be able to like spend some time in my head, like asking questions, what should I work on? And then removing myself from the perspectives of the judgments of adjustments I may make. Cause I think what happens is some people get down a path and there's, there's a judgment that might take place if you want push continuously in that direction, or if you change directions and that fear of the, the lack of acceptance for humanity, because we all want to be accepted, that yeah. fear of lack of acceptance mm. becomes scary to people. Yeah. And so what they don't do is they don't pivot. They don't go in the direction they want or they, they stop the process because, oof, I don't know if I'm ready for all that. And for me, man, part of my work is consistently trying to be aware of that. So I spend time in my thoughts. Um, I ask myself questions that I, I find answers to. I have other people that I ask a question to and I'll figure out. I bite my tongue and let them tell me what I need to hear, Right. And then I take it all back and I make some choices and I pull back the ego and I say, all right, what, what do I need to do? Not do I, do I want to do, not what feels right, what feels good, what I really need to do to get to this place that, that is that guy, right? And so there's been times when I've made some money and I got a little big headed, like I'm moving, I'm doing my thing, right? And my <laughs> friends, they chop me down a little bit, like, all right, chop it down. Like, all right, you're right, you're right. Okay, cool. That's, that's true. Now, it's not to mean that like the, the, the demeaning me or that I'm not, you know, whatever, but it's like there's a certain humanity of what Anthony wants to have as my identity later on that there are some you can easily get pulled off track. And so mm. part of my work is that it's ongoing work. It's not yeah. like I've arrived, like the identity I'm at now, I haven't arrived. Like this is a guy that's great for my age, but yeah. is this a guy, if I'm the same guy five years from now, like two years from now, a year from now, if I'm this same guy, something's wrong, man. Yeah. So there's got to be things I'm looking at because I'm always moving, but making sure I stay on the right track. And part of my work is consistent work and then bringing trusted people into my life to give me the insight that I need to hear so I can make the right adjustments. So what sort of daily practices do you think would be useful for others that you mm -hmm. may have applied or you help your clients or people that you work with apply every day? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different things. To be honest, having any routine is a big piece of it. Yeah, because routines when you when you're able to put them in place and operate with them, it builds a sense of pride, like that 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 sense of the fact that I'm amazing and I'm great at what I do. Like you feel that, right? And that that oozes out in all the other actions. It shows up in your identity in ways you can't actually see, but other people sense. Mm. There's a reason why, like people, are like oh man, like they thought you're a charismatic, happy, joyous, like a strong guy. Like yeah, you want to know why? Because I get my workouts in, because I yeah. eat my food. Because I'm, I'm a present husband, I'm a present father. I do my work. I do it in the background. I, the things I tell you to do, I do. Therefore, when I show up, there's no fear of like, oh, what if they find out I didn't do that thing? So yeah. I show up with that, that confidence, that ooze, that flow, and it, it trickles out into the world, right? But it's because of the things that I did as a simple, simplistic routine. Choose the routine. I don't care what anybody does. Pick something that is not super easy, but you'll make it easy over time. Yeah. Um, another thing is, is always be in constant conversation with people I call them like my three wise men. So I have three people. So one person's a person that's in business, but not, you know, or actually in business and in my same world, in my same business. And we just bounce ideas. The other person's a person that's in business, but not in my industry. 
So someone that I'm able to talk to that just happens to get business, but not in my world at all. And then someone who is not in business in any capacity whatsoever, who just is a, a, a human being that I can talk to that knows me. Like a, like a cell phone tower will triangulate where you're at in oh, life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These three people do it, man. I get a chance to kind of see how they see me, what's been going on, conversations. I unpack it. And then I take that insight in and I go, oh, all right, this seems to be pretty clear of where I'm at. Like, all right, I need to make this adjustment, do this, stop hanging out with these people, stop doing this, stop drinking so much wine. I was drinking wine. <laughs> like, like, I got to do these things, right? And then as yeah, you start yeah. adjusting, you get closer to where you're at and where you want to well, go. It's part of discovering who we are, I imagine, where you, you're finding out what you like or don't like and you find out what truly serves you or doesn't serve you. Yeah, that's all it is. It's, all, it's, it's a constant kind of conversation with yourself because you're always growing. So, you know, stay in tune with who you're, who you're growing into. It's a crazy thing. People, they, that, that flow of just, they're living and, and just, it's almost like they pop their head up someday and go, oh, damn, where did the last five years go? And nobody stops and digs in. And for me, I try to do that very, very often. Like the more I can do it, the better to kind of take, take note of what's going on, where I'm at. I've actually like part of my coaching programs is a weekly or bi-weekly thing we do called a Create Creates Sheet. And it's a litmus test to you every two weeks at minimum, you're able to kind of see where am I at? And you'd think like, ah, two weeks, that's not enough time. Pfft, hell yes, it, you could do it in a week. Like, cause you can see how you handle, like what actions you took, what ones you didn't take, how it made you feel about yourself, what you did because of that, what routines were in place, what aren't in place. Why are you even doing this? Has, has the, the driving reason changed? And when you're able to consistently see it, you start to see yourself way differently. And you can actually start making in the moment decisions that are better for you than what you used to make. Yeah. And that's why successful people are able to do what they do is because they, they, this is literally like the rhythm that we're in. I'm yeah. in this rhythm of constantly, you know, ebbing, flowing, checking, tweaking, testing. It's constant. And for me, it's easy. For other people, it's really, really hard. Mm. And it's not that I'm better. It's not that I have some magic, you know, of a human being. It's just that I implemented this system that I run to a T in my life. And anytime I want something more to do something more, I don't even always go and find the first book. I just say, where in my life do I need to uptick a little bit of my rhythm? Where does yeah. the beats per increase? Once I can see like, you know what? I need to be a little bit, little bit more clean on, on this side. I need to go ahead and remove some of the work tasks I have, given to some of my VAs to clear up space to read that book, to take that course. And then I'm gonna need to clear up even more space to apply what I learn. Right. Mm. So it's not always just like gather, gather, gather. It's like, no, where do I need to increase the tempo of what I, what I can do as a human and then start bringing that stuff in. It's mm. all about the flow you have. One thing that stands out for me in talking to you so far is that there's such a high level of focus on oneself on a day to day basis. So it's the awareness mm. of what you're doing. It's awareness of how you're thinking. It's an awareness of how you're feeling. And in particular, it's about writing it down. What stands out for you or anyone who might be listening and practicing this on a daily basis, what stands out for them, writing it down, and then also changing course, or as you would put it, probably making a shift. So that seems to be one of the most pivotal ingredients to becoming, under that term, successful in a way that they view success and the way they want success is to become aware of what you're actually doing on a day-to-day basis because we get in some really, really bad routines and habits of just doing you touched yeah. on earlier about being a human being or just being. And there's that yeah. concept of a, being a human doing. We're, we're just doing, running. Man. We're running all the time. We're yeah. doing life as opposed to being who we are. So yeah. the, I think it's a really important point that I've picked up is that it's just being aware on a day-to-day basis who you are, writing it down, and that's going to help you create the shift. 
Because if you keep running thoughts around in your head, they get lost and forgotten. Oh yeah, hundred percent they do. But yeah, I agree, man. It's hundred percent where, where brains have to be, dude. And I like, I like that you, you did. You had some cool extractions, man. You, you see the world well. I'm glad you asked the questions you did. Thank you for listening to It's More Than Money. This podcast has been recorded and produced at Brisbane Podcasting Centre. Before we go, don't forget to click on the subscribe button for this podcast and wherever you listen to it, give it a rating as well. If you'd like to find out more, you can always go to our website, parentfg.com, or you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Please leave a suggestion for a future topic if you wish. By the way, we'd love to hear from you, so let us know your thoughts. We'll have another episode soon. Thanks for listening to It's More Than Money. Take care. We'll catch you next time.